All right, hello and welcome to the uh, YouTube podcast, episode number 74. We're at all the way up to 74 and uh, talking all things U2. And on this episode, we're talking album news, specifically album review. We had a little quick B-side, anxious to talk about it, recording last week, last episode uh, with Matt and Ian. But this time we we set them aside as it were, and got, got some uh, more educated panelists, I'll say. No, I'm just kidding. We, we actually prepared a little bit this time instead of just quickly hitting record and talking off like Matt had only heard the album once, I think, at that point. And so uh, with me for this episode from my right, I don't know where they are in your world, but to my right is Christopher. Welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And uh, bottom right around the clock, I guess, uh, Colin back to the show. Welcome back, Colin. Thank you. And uh, to Sula, completing the, what, square, circle? No, square. I don't know. Hello. Welcome back. Yes, square. <laughs> Brady Bunch. On the video version, folks can see uh has got a cool lemon thing in the background, lemon p- picture. I don't know. It's a little bit fuzzy on my end. I it's old. Quit. It's old advertising. I collect mm. old ads of lemons. With the Go uh, figure. YouTube connection there. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully anybody listening is familiar enough to <laughs> connect the dots on that one. So um, hopefully everybody out there, it's been now, uh, what, five days? Songs of Experience is out. You've been digesting, <laughs> listening. And uh, like we talked about in episode 72, your experience of listening to a new YouTube album. Uh, briefly, maybe, folks, if you can... Tell, tell us what your experience was like listening. How did you choose to listen to the album for the first time uh, when it came out on Friday or wherever you were in the world when, when it came out? We'll just do the circle again here. So Christopher, how starting with okay. you? Uh, well, uh, I listened to it uh, in my office for the first time um, at school uh, before, I start, before I started teaching classes at 9.30 in the morning. I had about an hour in my office. So, uh, so I listened to bits and pieces of it um, and also in the car on the way to work. And then when I got home, I, 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 um, I put on the headphones and, and really listened carefully at home, um, using, uh, several pairs of headphones, um, open and closed back. So I got different, um, different sound experiences from it. So was that, a uh, not all at the same time, I assume. No, no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll ask the dumb questions. <laughs> all right, Colin, how about you? Um, I listened to, well, first I, I made the choice to listen to songs of innocence again first before songs of experience, because I'd heard about all the callbacks that were in the latter. So I really thought I owed that the proper, I, to me, it seemed like the proper way to listen to it was to listen to it as a kind of a double album. So that's, that's how I approached it. So it was good. Cause I hadn't listened to innocence in a while, uh, at least uh, like a all the way through, not in like a, a year or two. So, um, so listening to it back to back was uh, a really great way to do it, and it actually the um, well, we'll get into it all yeah. the other <laughs> my reaction to it later. But that's how I listen to it. Yes, <laughs> save it for the podcast. Thanks. So, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Sula, how about you? Yeah, the first time I heard it, I was still in New York, so I was in the apartment. I was staying in New York, and right at midnight. Right when it started downloading into my iTunes, I turned off the lights and listened. And then then I did what Colin did today for the first time. And I listened Mm. to Songs of Innocence back-to-back on vinyl with Songs of Experience on vinyl as well. Nice. Did I mention I have three different types of (laughs) albums? I have digital, CD, and vinyl. 
Yeah. I'm still waiting for my CD. I, there is something about that Same. having a physical version that feels like it, it'll, it's real, although I've listened to it a bunch, mm-hmm. but yeah. The vinyl's really beautiful too. Yeah, I know. I had never really wanted to get vinyl until I saw their, like the promotional stuff for the vinyl one. It oh, looks really nice. It, it's an absolutely gorgeous um, piece. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Translucent. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. And so just in case you've been living under a rock somehow and have missed any of the YouTube promotional stuff that's been happening, uh, worth just checking out. You can check out at youtube.com for details and links and stuff like that. We won't go into great detail here, but Bono Edge, we're on Howard Stern earlier this yesterday, today, wherever we are here yesterday. now. Yeah, as we record. Adam was on BBC Radio today, I think, or it came out today. Uh, Bono and Edge were in the Berlin subway today. <laughs> Berlin. Yeah. That they were. Uh, and Edge. on the subway. Bono drove the subway. Yeah. It's that's that one's actually worth watching oh. too if you're it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Just seeing them perform in the subway and uh see Dallas Shoe in the background there, probably worried about guitar damage or whatever <laughs> on the subway. But uh Bono and Edge also did release a promo video for their Omaze uh uh fundraising uh, promotional efforts uh slash thing for playing mini golf or uh Putt putt, as Edge put it, which is awesome. I have the. Uh, I forgot to cue that one up. <coughs> it's uh, yeah, it's worth. Uh, I'm, it made me sad actually that they weren't on because they were on SNL as well. That's the other thing I forgot to even have in the notes. There's been so many things, but that they don't get involved in the skits on SNL ever Saturday Night Live. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure it's a decision they make. I'm sure SNL is open to. It artists appearing on i think this time it was probably more about the timing because they were in los angeles the whole week and then they just got there like the day before like when i did and there wouldn't have been time to rehearse all that so yeah yeah so um and uh what was the last one i think is there anything else that's all i had in my notes here quickly well playing in the in the street in new york as well oh right yeah that you you were attempting to get to (laughs) you arrived a few minutes late 12 minutes behind (laughs) <laughs> so um yeah who knows where i guess just make sure you check your shower or check wherever they might show up somewhere else <laughs> to don't get people excited yeah. now <laughs> um and uh just in terms of listener follow-up from the last episode just a, f- a few folks who sent in some tweets about uh how they choose to listen dean kelly at dean kelly u2 said i take the day off work when a u2 album is released and it will be on repeat all day long at she wore lemon three says whenever a new album comes out i need to go to the store to buy it sit in the car and study the artwork and listen in the car soaking in every minute and uh act babies act bubbles sorry i lay in bed no lights and just let it play the world is dead to me at that time <laughs> and nice uh, Elise one at Elise one said, uh, we had asked, I think Matt and I on the previous episode asked about sending snaps in of where you are in the world when you listen to it. And she's got a picture chair, breeze, glass of wine, earbud perfection, um, on the, along the ocean somewhere. So every breaking wave as she takes in the new album. So nice. very cool. And yeah, if you send in, if you, we tweet, we joked sort of about sending in pictures or selfies of yourself listening to the podcast wherever you happen to be in the world that's always cool you can use hashtag ask you too on twitter to do that and or anything else any comments questions suggestions even uh constructive criticism <laughs> for the podcast use hashtag ask you too and we'll collect those all into the uh program proper so uh, for our roundtable today though we wanted to spend the most of the episode doing a proper song by song review as we've done in the past. There's a, we've done every album by you two to this point. You can check the archives at goodstuff.fm slash ATU two and, uh, listen to everything from 
boy to after this songs of experience and so uh, we have various staffers from at ut on to talk and uh it was a bit of a mad mad scramble to see who was going to be on this episode <laughs> so we might end up having a second episode talking about it because lots of folks understandably want to chat so um i'll just make a note too that unlike previous episodes we're not going to have any of the audio from the songs from the album uh, interspersed as we talk about it just because youtube's or management or record company, somebody, some algorithm is being a little extra aggressive. And so we don't want to set off any lawyer notes or take down notices or anything like that that would uh, otherwise upset the YouTube gods. But so before we get into the song by song review, I'm just curious, uh, Colin kind of started in on it, but your overall sort of like gut reaction to that first time you heard it or second time or however many times it took before you had a gut reaction <laughs> hopefully it wasn't too too negative but um uh just to, your first time to hearing the uh the album and your sort of thoughts without going into a lot of detail on each song but uh starting again we'll just keep doing the clockwise thing here christopher with with you sure i um i listened to it in the car and, and at school in my office but i was kind of distracted so I listened to it again when I got home um, with my wife over our big stereo speakers, and it hit me it, that this album was brilliant. And then um, the album has gotten exponentially better with every listen since then. Um, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> All right, Colin, how about you? Uh, relief and joy. <laughs> I was I because I was Songs of Innocence just doesn't hold up for me that well. I mean, I, I like I like it, but I don't love it. And, and uh just the production on this album knocked me out. I was just like, oh, this is great. This is the U2 I love. This is what I want more of, and I'm and I'm getting it. So I was I was very happy on the first listen. And Tasula, how about you? So I'm just flip what Colin said, and that's me. Like, I, I love Songs of Innocence. I had a visceral reaction to it the first time I heard it. I like this album. I don't love it. Yeah. And that's, I, I had a, I was, I am in the love, more love than, than hate, but I was a, a little worried hearing it for the first time. There was a few moments where I was like, I'm not sure where this is exactly headed, and I, the sound doesn't feel I don't know, for lack of a better term, right. But obviously it's just all subjective. There's no right and wrong here. Um, but there was kind of like that moment of, of, okay, I've been waiting for this and this is what I'm hearing and I'm not sure. Um, but for me on repeated listens, it's definitely like, uh, I think I think Christopher said, um, been, uh, my, my likeness for it. What's the right word? My love for it, whatever has grown, um, with each listen. And as often happens with you too. And I think it was Ian who said on the previous episode or in our Slack somewhere, I'll, I'll quote him if he isn't, it wasn't on audio, but he had said something to the effect of, he wasn't sure if you two had an album like this in them still. And that's to me was kind of the greatest relief. And maybe that's what Colin was mm-hmm. alluding to as well. It's just kind of like, you're unsure you hear the, the blackout, you hear you're the best thing about me. You hear the, the singles that they release and stuff. And you're kind of like, so there's hints of good, great stuff. And there's hints of like, you're not so sure stuff. And so yeah. overall as a complete production, yeah. I'm like, sweet. They, yeah. they're still, they're still you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, exactly. the singles that, the, that were released um, for me only hinted at the album that, that, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. use of that word um, because you get songs and we'll, we'll get into it of course, but for me, songs like little things and um, love is bigger and it's just, those blew me out of the water. And then red flag day for me is also really 
<laughs> really hitting really hitting home. All right. Well, then let's dive right in. So we're anxious to obviously talk about songs. Um, I, I was going to mention just uh, at Buzz One Daddy, nice <laughs> username, but said, <laughs> I would have thought if I had the album in response to how they listened to it. But so he had uh, pre-ordered it through YouTube.com and doesn't have the album yet, nor have I, has he heard it. So I do not sadly have anything to contribute. Boycotting the podcast until the CD shows up. This could take a while. So hopefully uh, I, I tweeted back to him like uh, that U2 is now costing us listeners or YouTube.com. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's. Can't he's, blame him though. No, he exactly. Spoil stuff no. for him, right? Yeah, totally. So I, and I, I know he's mostly joking. I mean, he's frustrated with YouTube.com, obviously in the, in the store and yeah. stuff, but. Uh, who is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know within I, our own staff, there's people who are yeah. waiting for special okay. deliveries of stuff and things. And it's. I yeah, just a, got my physical releases yesterday. Right. So And the shirt. So. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. nice. That's my first merchandise sighting, I think. So. Oh, <laughs> oh the boss yeah, checked I actually, went, I actually went to a store and bought it. So I didn't pre-order anything. I actually cool. just went to Best Buy nice. and got it. And, and it felt pretty the old-fashioned way. <laughs> old school. That again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So starting off with track number one, Love is All We Have Left. Uh, Christopher, I think you were... Oh, no, Colin. Sorry. We've got, <laughs> I told you I'd screw up the initials. <laughs> Didn't take it the song one. <laughs> Go ahead, Colin. So, so right when I hit play on this thing, I thought, uh-oh, it's in shuffle mode because this wouldn't open a U2 album. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just... Kicks, right. Because it kicks right. right in with that... With that that with yeah. that uh, that drone, whatever that whatever that music, you know, the organ or whatever keyboard organ, effect, whatever it is we're hearing, just kicks right into it. Doesn't fade in. It just gets right to it. And I just thought, oh, this is uh, what am I doing? Oh, this is the first track. Wow. Okay, this is not going to be the album that I thought it was. This is mm-hmm. this is going to be that like cool. This is going to YouTube kind of experimenting again. And then they bring in that great uh, that sort of well not usually not great the auto-tune effect yeah. that which it normally <laughs> is a kiss of death for any song the way they use it here it's it's like it's like u2 sort of discover you know going back to like 70s prog rock sound that i think is pretty cool thing to put in there um so i just i i love that this kicks off the album because now i don't know what i'm gonna hear uh aside from the odd single here and there that i've already heard uh now i'm 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 going to be surprised. And so like, mm-hmm. I love that this is the opening uh, of the album. Yeah. I think uh, I'm guessing from Tasula shaking her head, she's not feeling that same love, but uh, for the track, but before uh, I'll let her get in on this one too, but the, um, the, I was just impressed after listening to the whole album, I realized how many songs actually have strings, synth, whatever, you know, variations on that on them, which wasn't it. Yeah. There's, there's that there's, Bon, or Adam's using bass pedals of some sort. The to me the auto tune. I'm I'm with you, Colin. In that I don't like the idea of auto tune, but I think they used it artistically on this as opposed to like any sort of corrective, you know, trying to make Bono sound better than he actually does or anything like that. Or maybe he actually couldn't hit those notes and they completely disguised it with auto tune just to make it over obvious that or overdone or whatever. But um, Tasula, what's uh, what's the what's your view on Bono's voice? Doesn't need distorting. That's my view. <laughs> And I, I, I really thought, I mean, in a way it's good. It was this first song because it, I had bad expectations and then stuff got better right after. Cause I thought if this is how the whole album sounds, I may be out, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I just thought like, did Phil Spector get a hold of this? Like, why is this so overproduced? Like this could be a very beautiful, quiet, lovely opening and yeah, not my favorite. 
I'm sure they'll open the tour with it, though. For yeah, you think so? Oh, open it? Yeah. I don't know about that. I, would, I don't I would know. They do that a think, lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I would, would think would close closing it. the album, or I mean, closing the tour with this, I think would be, would make more Oh, sense. you guys went distorted. I couldn't hear what you said. Yeah, closing it with this, or I mean, 13 obviously goes sort of that way as well. But right. That uh, makes sense. Let's not That's get 13. ahead of ourselves, but... <laughs> <laughs> there's a hint of uh we the callbacks and stuff i don't know how we'll we'll discuss this throughout each song obviously there's a hint of the of iris in the bass line that i hear and that, that could be intentional it could be just yeah. be, it happens to be yeah. the same progression and adam isn't i'll like i'll say this and then hear the second part because before you send me hate mail like adam isn't the most innovative bass player at times but on this album i feel like right. when i my first listen i was like Holy crap! Adam is like he does. Shine. He upped his game on this one big time. Like I don't Adam, care. Adam is playing the best he's ever played. I think yeah, uh, yeah. his his, his lines that. are his his lines are full of character and they're funky and they're powerful and you know some lines are just the repeated notes, but mm-hmm. you know he does have a lot of songs on this album where he just he 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 lets loose. Like the blackout is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't get ahead of ourselves. We'll get there. (laughs) Okay. Next up, uh, (laughs) Lights of Home. This is uh, you as well, Colin. Start us off. Yeah. uh, So I think this is uh, this is a case of an album peaking a little too early. Uh, But that's not to say the rest of the album is downhill from here. I'm just saying, like, Mm. this is the peak of the album, and it's at track two. That never happens. Track two is never like the peak of any album. Real usually. but and I and I I guess I'm not alone. I'm seeing a lot of other people uh, saying that this is their favorite song on the album, and I think for good reason. Um, it's a great melody. Uh, they, it's it's the production is solid, but then you get to that ending, and it's just I get tears in my eyes when I hear it. I get I get I get excited. I get giddy. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing, and it's and it's a repeat. You know, it's a repeat of the uh, the end of Iris, and so. Um, you know, I just I like I love that callback to it, and I thought today, like, how what if they what if they close the show with this song? Yeah, I mean, closing the show with something. I know they like to they like to close the show with a hymn, you know, like one or or forty or something like that. But like, imagine closing it with something like this. It'd be like the Elevation tour when they closed with Walk On and just like, ending the show on a big high and just mm. cu- you know cutting to black and that's it, the end. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Um, yeah, and I and uh, and I know I know there's some controversy, I guess, you know, over where they're getting part of the guitar riff from. Or I know Haim is the band Haim is involved in this song. Um, I don't care. I think it's I think it's great. I you know I don't care if it's not 100 percent U2. I don't care. This is my by far my favorite song on the album. Yeah, they are. I mean, at least they're credited with the or involved with the production in some form on the liner notes. They're actually there, so it's not. Yeah. I guess the controversy maybe is like, no. what the heck? How, why is another musician playing when it should be Edge or whatever? But or Adam yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't have a problem there. The we'll get to the other controversy that I I have more of an issue with. But um, <laughs> the I had written down too that, it, but it, funny because the first time I listened to it, I wrote down this is Edge's best riff yet for the, is my notes, which maybe it wasn't actually his riff in in the in actuality but either way um as long as he can play it and uh yeah, yeah. I, I think the lyric lyrically too it hits all the um I, I would i'll say this with love like the all the religious folks uh the right notes for those folks with like 
Oh, Jesus, if you're still my friend, what the hell you got for me? And I shouldn't be here because I should be dead. There's a lot of like that, uh, that's Bono side, the spiritual side, I guess, of Bono sort of seeking. And, and if it's a discussion with maybe St. Peter at the gates or whatever, but, uh, it's a lot of those kind of right notes too, I think for, for the, on the lyric side of it. And yeah. The end of this one has a very Hey Jude feel to me, the whole na 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 part mm-hmm. part of Hey Jude. So I can totally see this one being a show closer and they just, they, they just walk out singing it and the whole crowd is going to be singing that for, well, 15 minutes in the <laughs> arena and then walking out to the car and then sitting in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> the new 40 is. Yeah. I yeah. don't think it'll be a closer, but it is my favorite on the album. I completely agree. It's super strong. There's a the slide. The other notes I had was slide guitar solo kind of echoes a bit of kite sound to me, but uh, again, that's just whether it's intentional or that's just edge. And all kite four and of them get to shine on this too. Yeah, yeah. You can hear all four different. You know, lots of home um, reminded me a little bit too of um, Cedarwood Road. Um, just the aggressive character of it, but also um, there's a little bit of um, yeah, kite was in there, and this and the slide guitar was reminiscent of. Um, magnificent as well for me. yeah right yeah um cool all right uh next one up is uh you're the best thing about me which is uh colin as well i guess colin's introduction in is our i didn't initially take this one but i, I decided <laughs> what the heck no one else is putting their name on it um so i don't know but when i first heard this song i just thought eh okay <laughs> all right i guess i guess this really is going to be songs of innocence part two and it's to me like i was I, I don't think it's a bad song by any stretch it's just i just thought eh, this sounds like a b-side to are you gonna wait forever you know it's like a b-side to a b-side like this it just didn't do anything for me catchy yes but i don't know when i heard it in the context of this album though and i really paid more attention to the production of it i really had a greater appreciation for it um i just i hear when i i don't know maybe it's the sound quality of hearing it on the internet or you know on my computer first uh but then like finally listening to it on headphones the there's echoes in the background there's all these like eno-esque little flourishes that you, you i picked up on a little bit more um that you know, I, that made me just kind of sit up and listen to it and just ignore the lyrics. I, I, what, I, whatever. I, this is not <laughs> Bono's finest hour as a lyric writer at all. But, uh, but just paying attention to this, the, 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 sim- the simplicity of the production and the density of the production, uh, it, it's become a, a much better song now to me than it, than it, than I thought it would be. Uh, so I, I, I'm happy to say I'm not hitting the skip button on this one like I thought I would. <laughs> you don't like whatever happened to – or the best thing that had ever happened to a boy is not ringing out for you? <laughs> well, I, just like right at the beginning. I mean, what it's – you know, uh, you know when, you're, when you look so good, the pain in your face doesn't show. When you look so good and, baby, you don't even know. I mean, it's like if I gave you a multiple-choice question and said, okay, who wrote these lyrics? A – uh bon jovi b bono c bruno mars d christina aguilera and you'd be like well it's definitely not b it's got to be one of these <laughs> exactly three. right oh my god wait yeah right so okay uh so right there i'm like all right I, i'm done with the song already but uh <laughs> i i can i can appreciate the song on another level which makes which makes me like it now so the film um 
the film video changed my impression of this song um, a lot. And, and also the fact that my kids absolutely just love it and want me to sing it to them <laughs> all the time. I like just all the time. And my wife and I now are just like, um, th- we have 12 other ones now. Can we, can we listen to something else for just a second? Um, but it's, it's not my favorite song. Um, it is catchy as all get out. Um, but I think it, I, I think the videos helped me, but it's it's an okay one for me. Yeah. Sula, how about you? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's as much as I have to say about it. Yeah, it, it's like a pop it's a a poppy side of you too, which it doesn't really yeah. get my engine going or whatever either. And I mean again, Adam's really good. I had written down Adam's baseline driving this thing. And so but um yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next track, Get Out of Your Own Way, which uh, the other, I don't know, I don't know what we call them all. Are they actually singles? I don't know. I forget which is which, but anyways, it was released that one before. That definitely is. Yeah. So, uh, Christopher, this was you, I think. Yeah. Well, the first thing about this one was was um, the title and the lyrics. It, it it connected with me instantly. I mean, it's it's something that I'm trying to tell myself all the time is just to get out of my own way and just, you know, be and do. Um, and so... From a lyrical standpoint, it it hit me the second it was released, um, and then um, just listening to it, the you know the swell into the chorus, it's it's really effective for me. I wish it were a little bit longer. Like I wish they did something a little bit uh, better with the bridge um, or the the interlude. And I and I actually wish it had a bridge, but um, I like this one, and I love how it bleeds into American Soul with the uh, Kendrick Lamar. Rap. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, completes the picture of where the song is gonna is gonna be potentially live, I guess, and how it feels and and things like that. So, yeah. um, I've been hearing a lot of people compare it to "Beautiful Day." Um, yeah, it has definitely. that same kind of structure to it, and I like, and I'm fine with if this song like took the place of "Beautiful Day" in the in the tour, I'd be so cool with that. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's I think it's terrific. You might get tweets about that one, but. Uh, I was gonna say, Phil might come at you for that. I'm yeah. rarely on Twitter, so go for it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he won't see it if you send the hate. Right? <laughs> yeah, Ken Cunningham in the chat says, "City of Blinding Lights" to it has some bit yeah, kind sure. of feel to it. Yeah, too, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. A little bit. Sweeping I, thing. I, yeah. I hear that. I yeah. Hear that. Yeah, I, I can't. Re- I can't place it right now because I don't have it. In f- I'm not listening to it, but I, I'd written down to. I love the Edge's guitar tone and the solo bridge, and then the chorus too. Of with Edge just singing like in the subway, even hearing Edge just like belt out the O's over the oh, yeah. chorus and stuff, and and it at the intro feels a little cheesy and and uh, I don't know weak or whatever ish. But the, by the time the chorus hits and stuff, it's to me it's like a you can just picture forty thousand people or whatever screaming along with that and uh oh, yeah. gets you the youtube chills <laughs> as it were so um and you could tell from when he when they did it on the street in new york and bono was like egging the people on to do that certain little oo part yeah. that's what he'll do to us <laughs> in concert which will make it better and, and we're gonna do it right yeah. <laughs> absolutely i've done it the other night if i made it in time <laughs> not that i'm bitter or anything uh, all right. Next up is American Soul. This is you to Sula. I love this song. Happy to say yes. that I love this song. And I love that they recycle the volcano riff. It's fantastic. And it hits every. In fact, I think, well, I hope that people that didn't love volcano may embrace it more now hearing this kind of like it's like it developed into something else. It has a second life. And I thought it was great. It's great on Saturday Night Live. I can't wait to hear it live. 
Yeah, for me, I can attest to be one of those people who I I wouldn't go so far as like Matt saying I hate Volcano, and, and he's he's come around as we heard in the last episode. He's come around to liking Volcano again. So I always liked, but uh, it wasn't like my favorite, and they didn't play it live and or totally my favorite. They played what live once, once or twice. No, they played times, it like yeah. six or seven times because Jill heard it, Aaron heard it, like half of our staff has heard it. Okay, but in the context of like the hundred cities or whatever, they played it. Relatively sure. few. Times. It was a, it was in the minority. Yes, <laughs> but um, anyways, I, it's not hard to imagine that this will obviously get yeah, like you said, a second life in live performance now in time inside of American Soul, and and I, I think it's a great yeah callback to that, and then building sort of from that into something else. And the the only thing and I'll throw this out here just for I'm the non American on the panel, and we have a lot of American listeners and a lot of international listeners, but is the one thing that I kind of, when I was watching the Saturday live performance is like, obviously you two and Bono especially have a great love for America. Nothing wrong with that. Is it time to like, I was in a joking kind of way. Is it time for maybe another country's turn as the U2's obsession? And I kind of wonder sometimes with like Larry or Adam particularly just being like, okay, do we, we need to wrap ourselves in the flag again? Do we have to do that one? The American flag or whatever one more time. And I'm not like, don't send me. I, yeah. I love America. It's a great country. I'm not, well, I just mean like, from I, a, you have a point. I have to admit, I kind of cringed when I saw that damn megaphone come out. I have to be honest. Like I was not thrilled to see We are not having a great moment here in our country right now. No. So I'm not, I'm not down with the celebration just yet, but like for commentary and for critique, which is yeah. half of this album, it's fair, you know? But yeah, I, I, to speak to your point, they went like Ireland, 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 America, Ireland, Ireland, America, America, America. And it's like, go ahead, go to Canada. You like Trudeau. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Yeah. And Never like, I get, about them. I get the idea of like a commentary and stuff and too. That's like, I think it's, it's interesting and it's, I, I, I was trying to like put myself in the seat of somebody who's like a casual YouTube fan who dips in and back and out and like, like, oh, here he goes again on America and like whatever. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's a, a apt thing to focus on and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And especially this time and place or whatever, but yeah, maybe Finland needs a turn. Well, and they know their audience. I mean, where are they making their money? Let's, let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and I think, uh, it'll, we'll, find out you know in about five or six months uh you know what the in, the intent the the final intent is for the song when they do it live is it are they going to do it as a critique of things that are going on in our country or is it going to be another joshua tree tour kumbaya you know we're all welcome here uh <laughs> kind of thing um <laughs> it, a little bit you know, of both. Or, or are they going to do a full on, you know, another full on like bullet the blue sky anti Trump kind of thing. Um, that's that's what I'm most curious about with this song and when it when it comes when they start performing it live, which it does have the potential to be the sort of bullet the blue sky whatever yeah. new version of that or yeah. whatever you want to call it I guess and I don't see them pulling bullet the blue sky out but it could potentially sort of replace that in terms of angry <laughs> ferocious songs. Once they Again, take out all the Joshua tree. <laughs> and once again, it's it's, yeah. it's it's track four on the album, which Bullet the Blue Sky was, and uh, Love and Peace <laughs> was number four. And yeah, so uh, there's some little bit of callback there, too. Yeah. You, you know, it, it was interesting when, when they released American Soul on, in, on, on iTunes for download. Um, I was in Austria, and I, I woke up in the morning and I checked my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. They have a new single out, and 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 I downloaded, and you know, I was walking the streets of of Graz to to the conference playing American Soul, and I was like, oh my god, this is totally the new bullet. Um, 
you know, it was, I, and I felt that aggression and, and that anger and the, the image of that megaphone was, was in my head. Um, when I was, when I was listening to it for the, for the first time. So I can, I can totally see it taking, taking the place of bullet or functioning like bullet does or did in, in the shows. Copy editor 1971. I think it was Michelle. She says, bullet must always remain. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought so. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, it'd be hard to, Picture them doing a concert without Bullet, and same goes for like Streets. But who knows? Maybe they've got a completely other system with the Joshua Tree tour, and we'll, that's a discussion for another episode <laughs> when we start uh, prophesying or predicting the. Uh, Did you hear that Bono has not listened to the Joshua Tree since 1987? He said that on Howard Stern. Yeah, he has not listened yeah. to the album in a row consecutively since then. And he like, must have done it for the tour, though, right? Like, no, he no. They asked him. Oh, okay. Not. He, he, he cherry picked certain songs to try to remember what to do. Obviously, he had to relearn them. Yeah, um, the ones that aren't already already yeah. in heavy rotation, of course. But uh, but no, he said he didn't and he wouldn't because he cringes at his own voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, moving along. Next up is uh, Summer of Love, which is also Tasula. Ooh, this is the one that reminds me of um, Gautier. And I, in a good mm. way. Like, Oh, yeah. Good it, call. Doesn't it? Do, do good call. It? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm vindicated. Yeah. I'm vindicated. Yeah, yeah. I've got the music yeah, yeah. professor on my side for this one. It really <laughs> is. It really is, like, very reminiscent of um, – What's it called? His big hit. Somebody. I used to know. Yeah. Somebody used to know. Yeah. Somebody yeah, used yeah. to know. Thank you. Yeah. But that's I a love great it. Song. I think it's, it's a great I song. Think it's a great. I think that's a great song. And I think this is a great song and I'm yeah. happy. This is the kind of experimenting that I like you two to do. And I liked it from the mm. first listen and I, it only gets better for me. Every so time I hear it. what if, and I know you know this, but what if I said to you, it's not actually you two that did the experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just poking fun a little bit. Obviously, I there's. Would say they're, I would say they're experimenting by risking their reputation using it. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I was it's tweeting that doesn't bother me. That it really doesn't bother me. Yeah, and I don't. So what we're getting at is, uh, it's been revealed or whatever. Like, not there's no big hidden secret here, but because One Republic, the Ryan Titer, the guy who produces One Republic or is in One Republic, also produced the album or helped produce a lot of the songs on the album. Um, tweeted a while ago, a year ago or whatever that this song called summer of love that one Republic was doing. And if you listen to it, it sounds pretty much like the exact actually sounds like this is what is funny to me. It sounds like the exact riff, like, like they didn't even re-record it almost, but I didn't, I don't know, Christopher, I don't know if you've listened to it that closely to compare, but I'm sure somebody has, um, and they can send us a tweet or whatever, and that's fine. But, um, so that it's based on a song that was written for one Republic originally. And then they obviously reworked it and changed it and all that kind of stuff. And that's all good. Well, and good. I don't have a problem with that personally. I'm sure lots of that happened with Daniel and Juan. With- just see Bono like strutting across the stage during this. It's going to be so fun live. Yeah. The, the part that kind of irks me, I guess, is it feels like they're like in contrast to the Haim riff, which is credited. They didn't credit anything with, either Ryan Tedder. Well, maybe they came up with it and gave it to them and now they're stealing it back. How do you know? We're not, (laughs) well, see, we're not in those videos. And, and really the point is if, if one Republic and Ryan Tedder doesn't have a problem with you two using it, then there's no problem. Right. Oh yeah. No, I know. And that's probably like the best day of their life. Right. (laughs) If if you two use my riff, I would not have a problem with it. (laughs) But if they didn't pay you a cent for it, 
I'm not, How do you I'm, know they're not? I don't. I, I mean, I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to invent controversy. The thing that bothers me about like the 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 witch hunt is that we don't know. When when we know, then we can form an opinion about it. We don't know. Yeah. No. The only part that part of it that bugs me is just that they weren't included in the liner notes as a, like an obvious nod to whatever Ryan Tedder had with it. And maybe that you're right. Maybe you two Bono whatever wrote it. They tried it out as a one replug song and then it didn't work out for whatever reason. And then you two took it back or whatever. And that's it toured for quite a while together. That's, that's not completely, yeah. you know, out right. of, out of the question. I mean, you never know. Yeah. The, um, it's certainly possible. And maybe we'll see what, what happens when they play it live, even too, uh, if they play it live, I guess, yeah. assuming they do, but, uh, and how that all plays out exactly and, and what happens. So um, I'm hearing, I'm hearing two things. When I hear this song, I hear two things that that's that are, that are very striking to me uh, uh, musically. It, the, the percussion part of it sounds a little like the zombies song time of the season. Um, if you remember the intro to that song, um, look hmm. it up and it, you'll see a kind of a, a, a similarity there. And also um uh, the song by uh, 10 years after called, um, oh shoot, I had it right here. Uh, I'd love to change the world. The, uh, Adam's bass is kind of very much mm-hmm. uh, similar to that. Um, and it's interesting. I think this song kind of fits in thematically with those two songs as well. So there might be sort of an unconscious or conscious influence uh, with the songs you know, from that era, the late 60s, which is when those were recorded. Um, you know, kind of sneaking into the music and the production here. Yeah, which it would make sense. Like, it sounds like it could. The riff even is like a playful in a little while kind of riff, almost uh, something along those lines with um, more, I guess, brightness to it or whatever. And um, the there's an interesting. I actually, I think I pinged the U two team or whatever at U two team saying like, does the does it cut into the bridge really abruptly for you around the two minute mark? And then everybody said, yeah, it does. So it almost sounded like so abrupt that I was wondering if my digital copy was like corrupted or something, but there's kind of like a really abrupt cutoff there. And, um, which lends us or points to, I guess, how, uh, what, what they've talked about in interviews and stuff and promotion, they're not hiding any of this kind of stuff, but how the album was like really pieced together over a long period of time with band members coming in and out in various studios and, and all over the place, kind of like stuff getting, yeah, that's sort of like, I think Sula, you had said it even, but like that overproduced element, which sounds really yeah. good on some songs and really like, okay, maybe this one skipped the it's quality crafting. control meter kind of thing or whatever. Um, and so just because it doesn't need it because the songs are good enough to stand. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, let it be, didn't need to be overproduced and they re-released it years later naked. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it all comes back to the Beatles. Um, it does. All right. So, Let's keep moving before we have to, we'll end up a, th- a three hour show and sorry for folks, if you're having technical issues with the live stream, we'll do our best here to power through in the, the, the recorded version. Obviously we're not as heavily produced as you two is, <laughs> and it won't take three years for five years for this album to be released. We'll have it out tomorrow, hopefully. But, um, next up is uh, red flag day, which is, uh, who are we going with Christopher? Yeah. Um, uh, this one was one that I fell in love with first time. Um, and it has echoes for me from the war album. Um, and lyrically it, it of course references, um, every breaking wave, um, you know, and the fact that, yeah, it's, it's about refugees, but you know, you can, you can interpret the lyrics from several different perspectives and, and, you know, that's, that's not unique to the song, of course, but, um, just the sound of it for me, 
struck me and grabbed me right away. I love it. I love this song. This one's one of my favorites on, from, from this album. This one took a long time for, to grow on me, but now I'll find myself sort of humming it or, or singing it in my head, like not actually listening to the music, obviously, and, and like trying to place, like, where is that riff from? What am I? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like a U2 thing even. It doesn't, it sounds like uh, it would be like a B-side or like an early 80s song. There's a sort of a synth, a lot of synth stuff. There's a police sound to me on it almost with. Yeah. The There's a Bruno it. Mars guitar riff in there. But anyway. See that one? I don't hear the. I, I know you had said that. I don't. I don't hear, hear that one either. But, but I, I can get Adam's where you're coming from. Adam's stands out on this one too. Um, he's it, that it's I agree so with. it's so funky, and I mean he he drives a lot of their songs, but this one in in particular, there's so much character in this line. Yeah. Um, I think, and even too, like, the the Bruno Mars. I think there's like a production style, even if nothing else, on Edge's guitar that that sort of heavy, I don't know, slapback echo or something, but like where it's just like yeah. a really tight guitar riff that Edge doesn't usually play that style. That is reminiscent of of uh, yeah. one of the Bruno Mars songs that names escape me right now. But um, and I think it's it's a song with "Lazy" in the title. That's all I can remember. <laughs> I get that. I get. No, I mean it really is. There's a Bruno Mars song with "Lazy" in the title, and that's the one I think I was thinking of when I heard it. But the, I get the the references to like touch or those like even pre boy songs that I that I'm with you on, but I don't hear the war, the military, the the hard rock. This is more pop than rock to me. Well, I I, 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 I don't understand. like it very much. <laughs> I understand the the war the war thing. I, I when I hear especially when they sing the chorus and I hear Edge's Edge doing the vocal callback with Bono yeah, on definitely. that, I could totally close my eyes and picture and see. 1983 era U2 performing this. Not it wouldn't sound quite as polished. Um, I mean, it would have it would have more reverb and echo on it. But uh, I, I just the energy drums. of it. Yeah, right. Um, but I, but I definitely can hear a 1983 U2 in this one. Yeah, it's got elements of that, and that's yeah with uh, 20 whatever 2017 production overlaying the <laughs> the early yeah. 80s style, I guess, or songwriting or whatever that they. Which again, it's it feels like a band. This album feels very much like a band that's very comfortable with who they are. This is what they sound like. Obviously, taking influence from younger producers, younger than them producers, um, and stuff like that, and mixing up how the, the arrangement might be or whatever. But very comfortable with sounding full on YouTube, but then also f- experimenting and being okay with that or whatever. I guess so. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, Anyways, I'm getting lost in wanting to just go listen to the music right now. So <laughs> next up is the the showman little more better. Uh where are we here? A little more better. Why'd they have to put that in there? Yeah, that's that one doesn't <laughs> Grammar, I, folks. I sometimes wonder about that one about those kinds of things. Yeah, well <laughs> So this one, like Red Flag Day, to me was like uh I was like, oh, I'm not sure, but like almost the opposite of what Christopher said, where I was like I don't know if I can like this song even, and, but again, it's one of those ones where it, it totally catches my, it's a little, little hook or whatever that gets stuck yeah. in my brain. And then I'm like, I need to hear that again. And then, um, yeah, and it, it's growing on me. Yeah. And again and again and again. Yeah. And luckily I don't have to look at the title too often. Cause yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't <laughs> do anything for me either. Uh, I love the, yeah, the, the sort of fun they're having with, the the, the song, the recording that I, I mean, I get Bono is a little bit of like his um, poking fun at himself and that the audience, when you sing along, it makes it true. And like a, that there's elements of it. That'll be fun to sing along with in the concert and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, this one, this one kind of, it, it reminded me of wild honey a little bit 
Um, but oh, yeah. this one, I think, executed what it meant to execute better than Wild Honey did. Um, Wild Honey was too much of a too much of a ripoff in in my ears of another style. Um, but this one, this one had had elements of of that in it to me, um, and it reminded me also a little bit of in a little while too, um, a little bit. Yeah, a little more better. Yeah, stop. <laughs> That's just for Michelle's art. Now you're just now you're just doing it to bug us, yeah. <laughs> it seems like like one of the ones that Bono often referred to in the lead up and the promotion, talking about lyrics and stuff, and it has that. And so it seems like it's something that'll be they'll looking forward to play live. But it, it does feel like a little almost too light hearted in a sense for for you two to play live. I don't know. We'll see. And maybe like a B stage thing. On the E stage or, or, e stage, or yeah. I stage, whatever the hell it's called this time. Um, I think that would it could work there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it'd be like a song they switch out from night to night maybe. Yeah. Yeah, the uh yeah, the, the lyrics like singers cry about everything and uh, you look so good a little more better, a little more, a little more that extra call and response stuff. It'll be I don't know. It'll, I'm looking forward to seeing how they pull it off on on the tour. That's for sure. So, um, all right. Speaking of on the tour, the song that we heard way back uh, at the beginning of the Joshua Tree tour, the little things that give you away. Um, I did not hear this one on Joshua Tree, and I purposely stayed away from all of those, all of the uh, hints at songs of experience until you two actually um, released uh, some stuff officially. Um, and this is the one on the album that it destroys me every single time I listen to it. I mean, every single time I can't help but like ball my eyes out. Um, that the, the build in the second half of the song, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a more than a two minute crescendo to the end. And it's just the way it's layered. And then it's so textured and the lyrics again are a set of words that connected with me instantaneously um, I, I cannot get enough of the song and I can't stop crying when I hear the song and I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Ken Cunningham in the chat said they really held back in the live version, which is totally true. And I think maybe, I, agree. I don't know if it was the, the edge trying to do the piano version live and that wasn't, maybe that was originally how they had it in the recording. And then he went back after playing it live and was like, no, no, we need a, a guitar version. It, it just doesn't hold up when we play it with piano, um, or something, who knows, but, um, because it definitely felt sort of like weak or or empty-ish at the beginning for sure and once they got going it was uh there was you could tell there was a, something there but it just needed something different and so um that's all right. I had, I had in my notes of just like if you heard this live before Jimmy Kimmel etc the the mix and the arrangement on the record is so much better than what we ever heard before Adams there way better way more than what you heard at least I mean in the mixes I heard and uh, <laughs> I can't remember what the solo sounds like right now, but I'd written down the outro solo is Edge's edgiest solo in a while. So whatever. <laughs> <Edges, edges. laughs> oh, it is it is like drenched and dripping with echo. I mean, and, yeah. and it and every layer has its echo. So there are echoes of echoes. I mean, it's crazy. And I I love I, I with a good pair of headphones. I mean, I just I get completely lost in that song. <laughs> This, this is this is the high water mark. This is this is the climax of of the album for me. Nice. So there's sometimes at the end the repeated sometimes. Oh my not, god! Oh. oh, it's a good thing. It's not a. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Your your reaction to it makes me like it even more. I think. Yeah, yeah. that's where I um I I think it's it's funny because yeah it's I like 
this, I love doing these because it often I'll find new things about a song that I, I'd kind of previously dismissed. Not that it was that way for me with little things, but I think hopefully for listeners too, they're kind of like, it gets me excited to go back and listen to it again. Cause I hear things through other people's ears. Um, and the, the lyric, the, sometimes I wake at four in the morning while all, all the darkness is that's swarming. The one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the <laughs> one. Start Holy crying. Cow. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Monday, Monday, I had my ears cleaned for the first time in my entire life. And I want to like, hear about that I, offline, by the way. I okay. think I need the same. <laughs> I feel like Superman now, and I can hear everything. So the first thing I did. That's not actually did, one. After, I guess it is one of his Superman's powers. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, super hearing. Well, the first thing I did after we put the kids down was I listened to Songs of Experience because I was like, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something. And I was in awe and shock uh, listening to it. And then it got to little things and I was just, I, I couldn't control any of my emotions. They were, it was all coming out of my eyes. And my wife was on the phone in the other room. She came out and saw my face. She was like, what the heck is wrong with you? I was like, it's the new year too. She's like, you nerd. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. th- I mean, th- there, there's so many sounds on this and it's so subtly layered and textured. Um, that's, that's probably the thing I, I, I love most about this one. So that's uh, we can say a required listening experience for the next U two albums. Everyone gets their ears clean before they, <laughs> they <Right>? take it in. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all right. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, next up is Landlady uh, Tasula. You wanted to start this one off. I just can't get past the title. It's killing me because it's a good song. It is a good song, and. I enjoy it. I like it. The more I hear it, the more I like it. It's nice and quiet. It's very, um, you know, we, we know where it's going and and where it's going to end and that's great. But the title is so bad. It's like, I can't separate the crappy title from the beautiful music. (laughs) Why didn't somebody talk them out of that? I know. I, I, I haven't tried to like think of a better, (laughs) think of a better lyric for Bono there, but it doesn't, that's why I tweeted, like sort of asking people, like, is this a term that's of endearment in other countries? Like, is it a UK, Ireland no. thing? And it's not really. And like, like your rent is due. Yeah. That's like, what it makes yeah, me think. Right. Like, see, my rent's due. Conjures up sort of like, in, in the movie, it'd be like, stereotypically, it'd be like crotchety old lady or whatever, landlady yeah. who's like banging on your door and, sure. you know, yelling You're collecting your money. It's the, pers- it's, it's the yeah. person you call and say, when are you going to fix my radiator? Right. Like that's exactly. That's exactly it though. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. And and we know, we know his feelings for Allie at this point, crystal clear. (laughs) Has he written any other songs? Beautiful love story. Yeah. Beautiful love story. (laughs) Couldn't, couldn't love them anymore, but yeah, I could have picked 17 titles better than this from what's in the lyrics. Yeah. And even, yeah. So in the chorus too, it's has that obviously refrain in there. And so, um, I've, I love the, what, I don't know what it would be called the outro, the post chorus, the, uh, whatever, where the, every wave that brought me and he's like repeating a bunch of lines at the end of the song. I don't have them all in front of me here, but, um, like the elevation thing where he's just rhyming. Yeah. Illusion yeah. And yeah. Blah, 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 <laughs> you know, it's like, you know it's, what I mean? Yeah. It's a gimmick and it, but it works for Bono, at least for me. I know other people. Have it does work. Mad, no, it works. But it works it really. Me too. Yeah. That's yeah. totally. um, the Adam Sandler, I think, sketch on SNL of, for Bono of just rhyming words or whatever over and over, but, uh, or maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. But um, yeah, it's, it, aside from that little hook of <laughs> the title and in the chorus, I, I love the song and it, again, I keep 
coming back to it in my head lyrically or riff wise or whatever but um yeah i love i love the intro to that song i mean i love i love the the it's the, bono does not get enough credit as a storyteller in his songs sometimes um and i love when he takes that approach to songwriting where he's setting up a scene and setting up a situation and setting up a character uh that's not necessarily him in this case it's definitely him but um, I, I always appreciate that aspect of his songwriting when he, when he does it, which isn't often enough in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He does. A, he does a great job of it and especially in this song. So, um, okay. Any final thoughts? Landlady to Sula, did you get your, your, uh, landlady thoughts out <laughs> on paper or on I think so. recording? Yeah. Yeah, I just want the two points I wanted to make were terrible title and, um, elevation rhyme, like, you know, yeah, Ken Cunningham. So it sounds a little bit like the police is every breath you take at the end, which yeah, like kind of just a refrain. There's a bit of that, I yeah, can hear that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said everything he's given me, I'll let him slide on writing songs about the misses. <laughs> so there you go. And presumably she he cleared it with her, I guess, as far as a term of endearment. She she's okay with it or whatever. So I guess in the end, that's all that really matters. But um, this is the type of thing, though. I have to say, I wonder if this is the type of thing that makes the albums come out four or five years at a time, because they argue over stuff like this. Please tell me there was an argument before they named this landlady, right? Like maybe this is, this is some of the holdup that we always get with the music, the music's great. Yeah. Let's talk about landlady. I always picture it being like there's arguments there where Larry gets involved in probably in the arguments for Edge and maybe yeah, it's Edge Bono Larry- and Larry. But I picture Adam like opening up, the, getting the record yeah, for the Adam's first time, the and he's tea. like, he's after that's out, he's like, oh, landlady, totally. that's what we're calling it. <laughs> Sip of tea. They Sip told the a story again on the Stern show about Bono throwing Larry's drum set during a gig. I've never heard that story. In the history of my years following them, I've never heard that. But man, I would love it if there was footage of that. <laughs> Which you can totally see them doing back in the day of like, especially like right. when, uh, yeah, and Bono kind of like thinking Larry's being a jerk about something and when he's actually like trying to fix something. and He was trying to fix his drum pedal or something yeah. <laughs> and Bono was like, talking heads is in the audience. <laughs> but, um, but yes, my point, back to my point. If they're arguing about stuff for years and years, I hope that at least somebody argued about this, even though they didn't win, obviously. What if this was the best option that they thought of? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could have been worse. Feels yeah. like it could have been a B-side or a sweetest thing, you know, post-album thing or something. But the but song but... is good. That's yeah. the yeah, thing. The That's, good, it yeah. is a good story. It's, it's a lovely story. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, The Blackout. Uh, Colin, no, Christopher. Who's? <laughs> uh, I think it's Colin. <laughs> it's Colin this time. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, so defense, like everybody has a C. It's like time zones with you. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of just taking your a cue from what you just said, Chris, about landlady maybe could have just been a B side. Uh, wouldn't it be great if this album really did go from the little things to give you away right into the blackout? I mean, I could oh. see that in the show. I can see that in the show, like closing that first set with little yeah. things coming back for the Ooh. encore on the blackout. I mean, that would be phenomenal. Um, and uh, or I mean, uh, I know a lot of people are predicting this to be the show opener, which would also be cool because it's got that I opening that. like zoo station. I would love that. Uh, yeah, that, would that, that would definitely work. No question. Um, 
I was I'm I'm happy to say that I still love this song, even though I I was I thought I'd be disappointed that we wouldn't hear like the noise of the crowd in the background like we heard when they first released it with the video version when you heard the crowd in there. I, I like that. I thought that was cool. Um, and but I think this I think it still works on its own. It's got a I, I think that's it's one of those that I love singing along with in the car, like at the top of my lungs. I you know I'm not <laughs> uh, embarrassed to do that with this song so um <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm not crazy about the remix that's on the b side of the record store day release but uh but i i again lyrics aside because i think throwing the names in there i just think is super cheesy and and i agree i'm with you on that one very, i'm with you on that very one. totally agree that's where that's where I'm I am a little them. embarrassed to sing along, you know. I just like you really have to say <laughs> you're shouting out names. Oh no, man! Ned, I, I and, you know, I point to the car next to me. Hey, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Your name's Jack, right? Okay, good. Yeah, it gets the ten-year-old, uh, seven-year-old vote because my my two boys ha- love it. Like they, that's the song because yeah. of those things. Like it's so, which obviously is not right. Bono's target audience there, but uh, well, it kind of. He's, yeah, he's going yeah. for the young. He says, so. um, I know at I don't know if they listen at four o. I don't know how you say that on Twitter, but they had, I tweeted something about that, and they replied actually that it, it's um, uh, there is reference to that in to, I forget which names are in in uh, Blake's songs of experience and songs of innocence um, or the way around. Oh. They are actually those names. Some of those names are used. So there's a potential that it's a deeper meaning. Mm. But uh, I oh. I feel like sometimes those kind of things with you two are like a happy coincidence that they stumble across and then they're yeah. like, Oh, that would totally work here or whatever. Um, and then we all like spend just, all podcasts of the pulse, the Paul Simon song. Yeah. That's what uh, in the slipstream said, get yeah. on the bus, Gus. Just get on the bus. Right. Gus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's hard to get, once you get past that. And like, I think Christopher, you said the Adam Clayton's little triplet note hook or whatever at the start of each line. Oh my just God. Like, yes. I like, Oh, Adam, Adam on this song is yeah. a huge Adam great. fan here. And uh, I mean, this no. song, when I first heard, I was so <laughs> excited for Songs of Innocence when I first heard and watched the, the Facebook video. Because the first thing that, that jumped, I mean, you know, it's, it's aside from Edge's guitar, and Edge does some awesome, awesome sounds on the Blackout. But th- this is Adam's song, period. I mean, mm-hmm. he drives this. And his, his bass is, it's aggressive, it's overdriven, it's funky, it's sexy. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, then I'll, I'll put, I, I brought this theory up one last time, and this is the last time I'm, I'm mentioning it for any people who hate conspiracy theories, but I was like, I was wondering with uh, Clayton, Adam Clayton, the, uh, whether, how much of it is Edge playing the bass and giving Adam, because Adam just feels like, I, this is a purely like judging by the book, the, the book by its cover or whatever, he looks laid back. And even on stage, like messing up things like with or without you or whatever, sometimes like I kind of doubted his like ability and like, I want to believe. And it, at the end of the day, I don't care. Like I'll, I'll love the band. It doesn't, I'll love listening on live and all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious as a musician where like if, cause I wouldn't put it past the band to like, who cares who comes up with the riff, if it's Larry or Bono or Adam or edge and then edge plays it live or whatever, who cares? Right. Um, but how much of it do you think is ad- edge like saying, okay, this is the, this is the riff. This is what you're going to do. Cause it, it almost like we were saying, Adam's gotten better suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, who, did Adam die? And he got replaced by, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, Stop. I'm just kidding. Still well, no. came up with new year's day, please. Oh, I know. I'm, well, you know, I mean, these, uh, 
I've, I've, I've read that, you know, Adam, Adam takes lessons and, and, you know, talks playing bass with people when they're not on tour. So, I mean, these guys are still Larry honing their craft and yeah, yeah you know, yeah. they're, they're pushing 60 and, you know, Bono's voice sounds better than it has in a while and edge is still on point. So these guys are, are, are still honing their craft. So while I do have suspicions, um, about, you know, the origin and, you know, um, whatever, uh, you know, I think he can play it. And yeah, this coming tour, I think we're going to see it. Yeah. And I don't just to clarify, and then I'll put this to rest forever. I don't have any doubt about his ability to play. And I, it's more just the curiosity of my (laughs) curiosity as a musician of who, how the studio, uh, just how it all works. And I'd love to be a fly in the wall, no pun intended of the recording process and, and how that all has gone. Cause yeah. Did you watch when they remember during, was it all that you can't leave behind? I think it was when they had the studio cam. Did you watch that Chris at the time? Yeah. Yeah. I remember some of it anyways. Yeah. So, because you did get to see how stuff, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of stuff, but you did see how they work off of each other. And there are ideas exchanged. Of course, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you can trace the nucleus of one specific, I'm sure you can, of one specific riff. Was it you, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Adam ever comes on the show, I'll put that to him. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm guessing another favorite of Christopher's love is bigger than anything in its way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been is it such... a tears or is it a, no, no, this is, this, this is really good. Uh, you know, just to, 2017 has been such a weird and heavy year. And, oh, yes, you know, and mm-hmm. one of the, one of the reviews that I read, um, you know, criticized this album for splashing love all over the place as kind of a banal Like concept. a bad thing. Yeah. But I, I, Hello, A, it's Bono, duh, he's going to sing about love, and love in all forms, right? Um, And two, we need a message like this now more than ever. Like this, because things are so dark in the real world. They're so heavy, and they're so cantankerous, and they're so contentious that we need just someone to say, you know what, just forget it all, love each other, and it's going to be fine. And he does it on this song and it's another song where it swells to a big, to big, um, to big climax. And I love that stuff. <laughs> That's There's part- your title. It swells to a big climax. <laughs> there is. I mean, there's a part of that. Like, I, I think I read the same review. I forget who, where it was. Um, I think it was in the, the New Yorker. Yeah. The New Yorker. Yeah. There were the, yeah, convincing some people to go listen to something else or whatever. And it's like, what, I don't get, I, I understand that criticism of you too, in terms of like, Oh, they're still on about that. But also like, what else, what, what else would they be doing <laughs> at this stage, especially, but, um, and are you so cynical? Is the world so cynical that we can't have some of that, like the light, the love, the, I don't know. That's I, I've, I'm really resonating with that too, Christopher, this, just this album coming out when it did the way it did. Um, and as heavily produced as it is or not, trying to like give up some of that crappy cynicism that I carry, I know, and not give into like the, not like loving it just cause it's you too. Like this, there's still room for criticism. We've been going for an hour and whatever and criticizing lots of it, but yeah, getting, letting go of that sort of darker side almost <laughs> as we lead into star yeah. Wars. You have to. Yeah. So, so damned often, if anyway, they do and damned if they don't. Yeah. 
Well, right. well, I you mean, know, the and, first and, half of their career was anger, and people hated right. them for being angry all the time, right? And then Octane Baby comes along, and they're like, "What? What'd you do? Why'd you change your sound? You're you too, whatever." <laughs> well, well, and, and you also, know, if, also if, there, that's oh. like, I mean, sorry, um, <laughs> no. uh, you know, they they take a lot of cues from the Beatles, and the Beatles. You know, one thing Paul McCartney said that he's really proud of with being with the Beatles is how much of their songs are about love and are about positive things. Um, And that's, that's why their legacy has lasted as long as it has. Uh, And, and I think this is just kind of one of those albums. It it reminds me of Abbey road in a way, you know, which, which was an album that ends with uh, them saying, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And I think that's a, you know, that was a great note for the Beatles to go out on. Um, Technically, you know, uh, I know Let It Be came out after that, but anyway. <laughs> but you were I, just I waiting I, for me to correct you. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, lot, and every other listener. But um, uh, so I think like they're just kind of, I think they sort of look at it, this album in that kind of way, this sort of late career album that's going to go out on a positive note. And yeah, I think that's now is the time for that. All right. I think we just should stop then. That was. <laughs> Maybe we should, we should go on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think just the unabashedly positive, which, yeah, like I said, Cynic in me wants to hate the song for being cheesy, but the optimist in me loves it like crazy. And so whatever, just like the, the opening kind of like, it's, I don't know if it's a vocoder or whatever, like a bit of an effect on this vocal that sort of like synth sounding vocal on it. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I cannot wait to hear this live and, and oh, just yeah. sing along with 40,000 other people who are in love with the song, in love with the band, in love with uh, whatever. And uh, <laughs> chat room in the slipstream says, I wish there was a callback to sleep like a baby. I'll just let you, th- I'll throw that one in there for you <laughs> and let you deal with the consequences of that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to hear it. So, and again, Adam Clayton all over this one, loved it, whether it's bass pedals or bass or whatever he's playing. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Whether he thought of it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I have no doubt on these ones. The total Adam Clayton. It's the yeah. Um, all right. Finally, in the standard album version, I guess is number the track number thirteen called thirteen. There is a light, which um, kind of for me is the similar to the love is bigger than anything in its way. Where um, I wasn't pull, I w- I wasn't totally prepared for the spoiler warning here. If you somehow made it this far and haven't heard the track, <laughs> um, the song for someone call back in it because it was like listening and then it was like oh i love this why why do i love this so much already and then it was like oh yeah of course it's a song for someone right and uh i already know this song yeah it's totally there and and uh but just like the just like uh american soul and or um yeah american soul and sort of the callbacks were just like obvious there's they're not trying to hide it or pretend like they're <laughs> i don't know like they've gotten they don't have any inspiration left and they're not very creative anymore or whatever it's like obviously they're doing this intentionally similarly with 13 i think um i just yeah i love the the way if the album ended there there if i hadn't bought the deluxe version and they ended there i would be happy with this as an album and uh and just kind of the way the drums kind of disappear underwater almost as they fade out and and things like that so um yeah that's my 13 rant anybody else have some 13 thoughts yeah, I mean, I, I was not a huge fan of Song for Someone, but I oh, love that they brought back the Chris here. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I love I love that <laughs> I love that they brought back the chorus here and tied everything together at the end with this. It's so beautiful here. 
Um, and I also love that, you know, he throws in the line, uh, guard your innocence, you know, just calling back to mm. the, just the name of that first album. And just at the end of the day, it, you know, the message to me, I take it as, you know, just don't hang on to that part of you. That's not yet a hundred percent cynical about everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just try to keep that sort of, uh, that lightheartedness or that, that sort of childlike, uh, wonder about you um and i just think that's a that's a that's one of the many beautiful sentiments in this song and and the song previous uh that the album goes out on that i just think is uh just wonderful yeah it's almost like when you know the context of at least how bono's promoting the album and he was as like a letter to people he loves and and sort of what if he wasn't around to hear it and a message to his kids and all that kind of stuff. When you wrap it up in that packaging, then it's just like, I think that's probably where I'm guessing Christopher too, you're hit, it's hitting you too. It's just that idea oh. of like your, you look at your kids or your, your parents or your loved ones or whatever, and any of that kind of stuff. And it's just like, how can you not have at least just a twinge of <laughs> some emotion? <laughs> here oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all, it's all messages that I'm trying to teach my kids, you know, love is bigger than anything. It's way. And you know, you don't don't take it lying down. You got to fight back, and you got to be brave. And you know, love is a good thing, but you got to be strong too. I mean, it, the those those messages are all over this album, which is, I think, um, one of the main reasons why it's connected with me um, so strongly, so quickly. Yeah. All right. So that's the album official. Like I guess the standard edition. There's the deluxe edition, which includes um, the ordinary love extraordinary remix or mix. Um, and I don't know if it's worth going too far into discussion of that one, but I guess it probably wouldn't have been discussed in any of the previous episodes about it. But um, obviously the track is very important to you too. They keep sort of including it in various places, inserting it in, in various ways. I like the song. I'm, I like the mix. I don't feel like it, it feels out of place in a way. I mean, having just talked about how much, how love is important, obviously it's a very obvious fit in that sense, but just the music or style, or I don't know something about it doesn't totally fit in the album for me. And so I've, my playlist actually of the new album includes a playlist that doesn't have ordinary love included, but um, anybody else with some comments on ordinary love or in the same way, it, uh, the album yeah. ends at 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so not, the next bonus track on the deluxe edition is book of your heart. And this one, actually I've seen a lot of like sort of love for from on Twitter and stuff from various fans who are like, can't wait to hope they do it live. And, for, this is their song that's really grabbing them. Um, for me, it's not something about the chorus, the book in the book of your heart, something about the way it's sung, or I don't know, it didn't didn't catch my ear right away, but maybe what about you guys, you folks? <laughs> Getting <laughs> shaking heads, no? Not, not no, so I, much. I, 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 I'm, I'm still digesting the first 13. Um, I haven't made it to the back half of, the, or to the deluxe tracks yet, um, but, you know, it's only a matter of time, but I'm, 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 still, I'm still chewing on the album proper. It feels like a song lyrically. It feels like there's depth there to it, like in, in contrast, but uh, yeah, I, I'd written down it has potential. So I don't know. I'll have to keep, <laughs> keep listening. <laughs> <That's potential>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have, so Christopher, you haven't, have you not even listened to lights of home seat, St. Peter's string version? I have, I, I mean, I, I have uh, listened to the deluxe version all the way through. It's okay. just, I haven't, I haven't sat down to really get yeah. into the deluxe tracks yet. That's fair. Cause that's for me, that's my favorite song. I think on the album, if you call it the album, I don't know. Um, I would replace it. The original version with this one, if I could. Um, 
But uh, we've talked about Lights of Home enough, but just this the mix of it anyways is worth the upgrade alone. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the whole U2 with strings again is just like, yeah. Uh, the They need to do more of that. I really wish they would I do agree. more of that. I agree. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, I don't know, if it's produced, you know, whether it's live strings like the BBC orchestra preview we got with All, All I Want Is You, which just looks amazing. And, um, and so hopefully they potentially do something like that with, with this um, song where they play it live with some sort of string. I'm sure on tour, it won't be like a full string orchestra, which would be hilariously awesome if they did bring an orchestra <laughs> along with them on tour. But um, yeah, if they do, even if they did it at the BBC thing, um, I don't know if the track list for that has been released or not, but um, and then finally the uh, you're the best thing about me, YouTube versus Kygo remix or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm I'm ambivalent about remixes in the first place. <sighs> yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. I like them as B-sides as whatever, but yeah, included sure. in, in this it feels like and we heard most of it already or whatever and stuff and so but yeah, it would have been nice to stand on the St. Peter string version of Lights of Home if anything and um go out on that, but um Ken Cunningham said just fun on the treadmill, <laughs> which I don't know if it's <laughs> Lights of Home or or the Kygo Probably Kygo. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. I'm guessing. No. So, all right. So, in uh, I guess we can go around the roundtable in final sort of words, thoughts on songs of experience. Now that uh, you've spent an hour and, uh, and change discussing it, and <laughs> however many times you've listened to it, uh, we'll do the same clockwise here around. So, Christopher, your thoughts, closing thoughts. Um, I think songs of experience as a whole works better for me. Um than songs of innocence did as a whole but songs of innocence as little pieces i think worked pretty well for me um i love songs of experience um i love it all right christopher or colin sorry uh yeah i mean i i think this helps i think this helps make songs songs of innocence a better album when you put the two together as one whole piece um i i i think uh looking at it that way i just think that it gives it more of an epic uh scope to it uh that that wasn't really there before um but now it's now uh you know seeing it shape up into something you know this uh sonically extraordinary um just i, I you know I, I i love this whole project more now than i did when the first half of it came out so yeah all right, and Tasula, how are you? And I'll just kind of um, snippet what I said in my written review. I, I, for me, Songs of Innocence still works better, and I think that's because they're revisiting the past and they've had fifty years to reflect on everything. So that that work felt more done and sure of itself to me than this one. And I feel like there's a few songs on this album where they're trying too hard to appeal to the younger audience. That's not the type of YouTube that I love. So. I like songs of experience, but I still think I like songs of innocence more. Yeah. And I'll, I would echo a lot of what Christopher said in terms of um, just that, that idea of it, to me, it feels more a cohesive, a whole, even though like when I read about the production and recording, how it had, can't possibly be, cause it just feels like it's so scattered, but more so than songs of innocence, which feels like, yeah, like there's really bright moments, but doesn't have the cohesive. If we didn't see, um, see what's the tour song of uh, innocence and experience tour i've been talking too long uh if we hadn't seen that i think the album songs of innocence on its own wouldn't hold up as well but having seen it in context of the innocence and experience tour 
it gives a whole lot more texture to the whole album that I enjoy, which is true for me of a lot of U2 albums where the concert tour kind of shapes my listening experience of the album. And so um, that's why I guess I'm, I'm hopeful and excited for the experience and innocence tour as it relates back to this album, but maybe it'll be the opposite effect now where they come away, not liking the album as much or something, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be there. I don't think that'll be the case. So um, I'm right. interested to see what songs get better live and vice. Cause like last time mm. I, I think I was on record saying every breaking wave was my second to least favorite on songs of, on songs of innocence. And then when they took it on tour, it became one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. So who knows what's mm. going to happen? Yeah, exactly. So, and we're all seeing at least one concert on the tour, right? Everybody's got tickets somehow. Managed to find a ticket. Got a few. I, I do not have tickets yet, but oh. um, that's not because I haven't tried. It's just not in the cards yet. I'm, I'm traveling for um, other research purposes, so all of my funds are yeah <laughs> are being funneled elsewhere. But um, fingers crossed. So we'll all see. right. Well, hopefully, we'll yeah, you'll get to be at a show, and hopefully, all of you out there listening, watching. Etc. We'll get to be at a show on the tour and uh, look forward to that. We very likely will be having another episode of this discussion with a few other at U2 staffers who are anxious to talk and uh, I'll do less talking and let more people, <laughs> other people talk on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, if you are looking to follow along with what we're doing here on the podcast, you can follow uh, twitter.com slash ATU2 is the at U2 Twitter account to uh, where we'll notify you of you know, when we go live recording. We usually record live on Wednesday nights, Thursday afternoons for the uh, when we have some of the UK uh, non-North American folks on. And uh, over on the goodstuff.fm podcast network, which I help run, that's where all the archives of the recordings are. Goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 is where you can go and you can see all the past episodes. If you're if this is the first one you're listening to, there's a whole, like I said, a whole bunch of episodes talking about all the previous albums going through song by song that so maybe unearth some hidden gems that maybe you've lost a love for or something <laughs> along the way. Um, what else am I forgetting? Facebook.com slash ATU2.com, I think. And uh, of course, at U2.com. So going around the round table, if folks want to uh, tweet you some follow-up thoughts in a very polite and constructive way, uh, Christopher, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter at CJS Endronal, um, and also on Facebook. Okay. Colin, how about you? Uh, I'm more active on Facebook, so Colin Suter. That's uh, two L's with Colin. But uh, if you want to contact me on Twitter, uh, it's at Colin underscore Suter, S-O-U-T-E-R. You always remind me of, you sound like disgruntled person who was forced to have a Twitter account. <laughs> You're the landlady of Twitter. Uh, no, no. I, I was forced to have a Twitter account when I... <laughs> <laughs> I was forced to have a Twitter account uh, when I joined up with RogerEbert.com and Chaz Ebert said, you have oh, a yeah. Twitter account. And there so you when go. Chaz Ebert tells you, <laughs> you do it. So. <laughs> nice. Got the name drop in there too at the same time. Sweet. <laughs> All right, then Tasula. <laughs> yeah, you know, Larry told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm at Tasula and I have been at Tasula since... Uh, Twitter was pretty much invented. So all right. Send all your usual hate mail there. <laughs> and I'm I Chris on Twitter. And uh yeah, feel free to tweet us. We use the hashtag ask at you too. You don't have to tweet anybody particularly. You can just tweet it out into the world and uh it will be get grabbed. There was a couple of tweets now that I mentioned that that I realized I forgot to look at because I had my notes somewhere else. But at Geek G Happy Dance, a damn fine album. My faves keep changing, which is a good sign. But for now there are little things, the crescendo, lights of home, especially the strings version, summer of love, love the sultry vibe. 
uh, get out of your own way, sugary pop, but I can't help myself. Showman, fun, and blackout rock. At Joel Erson said, any idea what happened to the morning after Innocence, a song that Bono gave us lyrics to? Did it morph into another song on the album or disappear? Does anybody know? I don't know. I don't even know what they're referring to. So I'm. Sure. I know what they're referring to, but I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. At Chris Perry's a tour related, but I think Inhaler would be the best tour opener. Talk about your experience in Innocence. Definitely. Theme. Yes. Yes. Eli's band, Eli Houston. Oh, that's what they're, I was like, is there some obscure beam? That's Inhaler Dublin. And they're fantastic. They sound like, like young you too. I mean, they're, they're very like 80s Nice. But but in a good way. I mean, they sound like their own thing, but, but definitely reminiscent. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, and there, there's probably other stuff in there. We'll cover all your tweets in the next episode and, uh, keep those coming and ask hashtag ask you too. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks. Thanks.